Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, David. How do you do? Dave, it's so good to be here with you. And Jess, you also. Thank you. Great to be here. Dave, there's something I've always wanted to ask you. Oh, no. Can you please... Move your car. It's blocking me in. <laughs> and once, once you've done that, can you please explain to the new listeners how this show works? I will never move my car once I get a good spot. I never give it up. But yeah. I will explain that this show, what we do here is we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested to us by one or more of the listeners. We go away, we do a little bit of research, write out some stories, bring it back to the other group who have no idea what it's going to be on. And it's Jess's turn to uh, give us some stories this week. As I said, Matt and I don't know what the topic's going to be, so to get us onto that topic, she's going to ask us a question. Jess, have you prepared a little question? Yep, I did it just before. So my question is, who taught us the important lesson that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down? Mary Poppins. Played by... (gasps) What's her name? Anne Christian Anderson. Julie Andrews. You said Anne Christian Anderson. (laughs) 
So d- you don't get a point for that one. Damn it. Da- it. Dave gets that one. Is it Julie Andrews? It is Julie Andrews. I'm so thankful because I thought that you'd for a second forgotten that one of your first ever reports was on the history of Mary Poppins. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I was like, no, Jess, you've done it. You've done it. <laughs> if, it if somebody's going to double report, it's going to be me. For sure. 100%. I love it. I'd put money on that. Uh, it will absolutely. Sometimes I do have to Google, do go on, and then a potential <laughs> topic that I'm thinking about. Just a little glimpse behind the curtain here. So recently we did a Patreon bonus episode <laughs> about dumb deaths. It was dumb deaths 2.0 because yep. there's so many dumb deaths out there. Second time we've done the topic. And Jess said, you know, we all said the name of the topic because they're quite obscure people usually. They've just had a dumb death. That's what they're most famous for. And Jess goes, all right, I think I've, I've thought about it all day. I think this is the person I'm going to do. And I had to say, Jess, I'm so sorry, but that's who I did for Dumb Deaths oh, 1. I missed all that. <laughs> it's in the, in the very chat you're a part of. Wow. Um, if, I'm, if I'm out of that for a few hours some days, I'm you like... You miss a lot. Whoa. Yeah. Sometimes, you, sometimes you come in and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. J- Jess and I are both very online. A little too much. Um Yes, so this... Takes I, me ages to plug in the typewriter. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, granddad. <laughs> we have to get him on the landline if we need him. Um, yeah, so this has been suggested by a couple of people. Jen Wood and Kelly have suggested a report on... Uh, Jed Wood? Jed, Jen Wood. Oh, Jen Wood. Oh, not Jed Wood. Have, uh, have requested a topic on Julie Andrews. I put this to the Patreons to vote on. I gave them... Uh, I wanted to do like a... Um, I, there's, I've wanted to do share for a while. And I thought I like uh, like that learning a bit more about those sort of iconic uh, divas, whatever. So I put up a few, and I was like, I put up Cher, and I put up Julie Andrews, and a couple of other topics. And with a, a very big majority, Julie Andrews wow. took, took the cake. Really, I wonder, does, does that mean people know she's had an interesting life, or people are just curious to find out more? I think she's had a pretty interesting life. I also think she is um, she's quite universally admired and and she's very charming and quite wholesome and just everybody i think sort of sees her as our collective grandmother so i think maybe uh people just like yes julie andrews she's great and let me tell you in doing some reading about her she is great. Oh, oh thank goodness, because there's good. many people who we've ruined from people's childhoods on the <laughs> yeah. show. They're rolled, darling. No. You're like, oh, no, maybe no, it not wasn't. Roll. <laughs> not rolled. Not rolled. Not rolled, darling. So, yeah, I can confirm um, from the very start of this, Julie Andrews, an angel. Love and this it. is just going to be a bunch of wholesome fun. Oh, so happy to hear it. And I suppose, like, you know, um, uh, there's been – she's one of those people who's had this career that spanned decades – um, and I think there's been like certain times of uh, like resurgence, a Julie Andrews resurgence. Ah. Um, so a lot of people might not know a whole bunch about her early life yeah, or I'm how really, she got started. I'm thinking, yeah, Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music. Yeah. And it's, it's wild to me that she's, well, I think she's still alive. Yeah. Because it's like those things happened centuries ago. Yeah, <laughs> so long ago. And Sound of Music. Incredibly early in her career as well. Right. But then she's just continued to work really consistently. And I talk about this later as well. But she's just worked very consistently through her entire life right. and then had like this major resurgence in the 2000s. Huh. It was crazy. I don't think I... Yeah, I'm curious to hear what she's been up to because they're the only two things I can think of. Oh, you'll know. There'll be more. I mean, she, I remember she was referenced in an episode of Frasier. I do have that. <laughs> That's one of the things I was going to talk about. Yeah, of course. Fraser's son was meant to be coming over for Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, these are the ones. I watch the Fraser. I do a Fraser Christmas marathon every year. So Why do you do it to yourself? <laughs> 
but there was his son, he's excited his son's coming over but his ex-wife says oh I've, I've got plans it's a pretty good opportunity she he's been invited to this other thing and, and fraser's telling the family and they're like you shouldn't be you shouldn't let her take him away from you for Christmas. So, well, he has been invited to go to the Austrian Alps. And like, oh, that does sound pretty good. <laughs> and they're going to be staying in a castle. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Anne Christian Anderson will be performing <laughs> at the dinner. Julie Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews. <laughs> don't know why I got. I don't know why I think of her as Anne Christian Anderson. <laughs> that's not. That's not a person. But, I mean, she's got Andrews in there, so maybe that's yeah. where my brain's Well, that's true, and, and that's where I'll start. Julia Elizabeth Wells. Oh. Um, Julia as well. Was, really? Yeah, was born on the 1st of October, 1935. It's all a fucking lie. <laughs> it's all a lie. What do you believe anymore? Oh, I know. Julia? Julia Elizabeth Wells. Julia Wells. Born okay. on the 1st of October, 1935 in Walton-on-Thames in Surrey, England. So she's English. She is English. And does she always speak with an English accent? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Very English. Because Mary Poppins, that's, uh, she's English. English in that as well? Yep. <laughs> okay. A spoonful of sugar. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I think as a kid, I, didn't, I couldn't hear accents, I don't think. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously you heard Dick Van Dyke's Cockney, yeah, which just, he nailed. I mean, Hello, I, Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's right. So it's set in London or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but that's a little while away still. She's just been born. Oh. And her voice is already English. I thought you said it happened early in her career. <laughs> <laughs> She's the child of Barbara Ward Wells and Edward Ted Wells. Um, his middle name isn't Ted. She just goes by Ted. Okay. okay. I had questions. Just Edward knew, Ted. I, knew, yeah. I know you boys. Ed Ted Wells. Not bad. Ed Ted. With the outbreak of World War Two, her parents separated and were soon divorced. By the time she was about four, I think. What do they disagree over? Whose side to take in the <laughs> yeah. war? That's embarrassing. They had some, they had some differing views in the war. Um, both of her parents remarried. Her father married a woman named Winifred, who was a war widow and worked at the same factory that Ted worked at. And Julia's mother married vaudeville performer Ted Andrews. That's where Andrews comes from. Um, and while Ted Wells was... Help- a real thing for Ted. Yeah, she loves Ted. So there's a couple of Ted's here. Keep up. It's only half the Ted of the first husband, though. That's true. Edward Ted. Edward Ted. This is just Ted. Um, while Ted Wells was helping evacuate children to Surrey during the Blitz, Julia's mother joined her new husband in entertaining the troops. Um, Julia lived with her father briefly at this time, but in 1940 her father sent her to live with her mother and stepfather. His hope was that her mother and stepfather would be able to provide better for Julia, who was showing to already have musical abilities. And she wanted to, like, you know, train in those abilities. So he thought, well, they are working in... They're performers. And you know. Ted Ed was performing with her, what, but in a volunteer capacity? He was not performing with her. He was a factory worker. Ted Ed, Ed Ted, yeah. is a factory worker. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't she entertaining troops or the mum went Ted, away? Uh, the mum went new away. Ted. Sorry, I, got, I, got, I lost her. There's so many Ted Ted Andrews. Eds. You're thinking of Ted Ed Wells. <laughs> That's right. This is one of the few times I've kept up with a lot of girls. I know, and we've got doubles and it's very confusing and you're keeping up. It's amazing. It feels weird. Yeah. Um, you love Anne Christian Anderson, <laughs> so it makes sense that you'd be paying attention. So, But the Andrews family were quite poor and, uh, in her words, lived in a bad slum area of London at the time. And Julie has since stated that the war was a very black period of my life, which I think makes sense. Probably a lot of people would say that. Yeah, um, a bit of a glass half full, half empty kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, okay. The war was bad, but what opportunities did it create? Yeah. Maybe you could have got into manufacturing guns. Yeah. You know, money can be made. Yeah. 
Julia. Children in this day and age not thinking about how they can capitalize on war. Yeah, it's all, oh, woe is me. Woe is I'm me. I'm born into a big war. I don't have access to food or shelter. <laughs> oh, my God. Kids these days. Uh. Anyway, according to her, her stepfather um, was, was violent and an alcoholic. And after a couple of incidences, she put a lock on her bedroom door just, to, just for her own safety, which is fucked. A child should not have to do that. Um, in time, her mother and stepfather, who she was told to call Pop, which she hated. She's, I think she called him like Uncle Ted and her mum's like, call him Pop. And she's like, I don't want to. But mum and Pop, their stage career improved and they were able to afford to live in better areas and in a nicer home. Ted Andrews got her into lessons with uh, concert soprano and voice instructor Madam Lillian Stiles Allen. Well, that's, that's a good, a good name. name. Styles Allen recalls, The range, accuracy and tone of Julie's voice amazed me. She had possessed the rare gift of absolute pitch. Just oh, perfect pitch. That's beautiful. But did they get someone to uh, excise that demon that she'd been possessed she'd by? We've got to get pitch out of there. got to get that perfect she, pitch out of her. And into me. <laughs> Give it to me. This poor child <laughs> has been possessed with perfect pitch. Um, so with a child with perfect pitch and a beautiful voice... What are you going to do other than capitalize on that? So from about 1945, manufactured guns. Manufactured guns. <laughs> from about 1945, a family manufactured guns. Oh, the, the war's over. You fools. You've missed your shot. <laughs> Buy high, sell low. <laughs> yeah. well, people, every year on year, people have been buying more and more guns. <laughs> you've uh, you've um, started calling her Julie. Has she changed her name now? It's not. Uh, it's not entirely clear... Where the name does change. I think this is her, like that quote was her former teacher talking about her, probably right. quite far down the track. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't exactly clear on where she changed. Dropped the R. Yeah, dropped the R, went for an E. Um, <laughs> so 1945, she spent a fair bit of time performing with her parents. She later wrote about her first performance, during which she stood on a beer crate to reach the microphone, saying it must have been ghastly, but it seemed to go down all right. The beer. Very nice. The beer. <laughs> and I read on this um this website I found that has like a bunch of information, I think specifically about Julie Andrews. Oh, cool. oh Julie, is it julieandrews.com? No, it's wikipedia.org. Okay. Just had like heaps of information about Julie Andrews and her films and stuff. Why is it named that if it's about her? I don't know. Huh. It might have been like a supercalifragilistic oh, XP Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a really long word. I can never remember how it finishes. Yeah, so they just shortened it for the website that purposes. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I think you have to pay per letter when you're registering a website, so it's better to keep it shorter. She is good at business. Yeah. Um, so I read on wikipedia.org that fellow child entertainer Petula Clark who was a f- couple of years older than Julie, recalled touring around the UK by train to sing for the troops alongside Julie Andrews. They slept in the luggage racks. Apparently <laughs> on the train. Fun. And Clark later said it was fun and not a lot of kids were having fun. Again, wartime. Wow, that's grim. Not, not a great time but to have fun. You're a troop that's just re- returned from the front. It's like, and now some children to <laughs> sing. Great. Awesome. Ah, but they're like, that child has absolute oh, pitch. pitch. <laughs> I must excise that demon. <laughs> demon! There's a demon in that child. <laughs> demon! Just tackling a child on stage. <laughs> Be gone, demon! <laughs> <laughs> the power of Christ compels you! Just shaking a child. <laughs> Get out of there! Oh. Um, so a career breakthrough happened for her when she was about 12 years old when she made her professional solo debut at the London Hippodrome singing the difficult aria Je suis... 
Titiana. Titania. That is difficult. Titania. It was part of like a musical review. It was called Starlight Roof and it kicked off on the 22nd of October 1947. The review apparently lasted for about a year. They're performing all the time and Julie wrote about how her performance would go. And this is what she would say. She was like, there was this wonderful American person and comedian, Wally Bogue who made balloon animals. He would say, is there any little girl or boy in the audience who would like one of these? And I would rush up on stage and say, I'd like one, please. And then he would chat to me and I'd tell him I sing. I was fortunate in that I absolutely stopped the show cold. I mean, the audience went crazy. Oh, so that, that actually happened. I thought that was a, like she was a plant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was a plant. Yeah, yeah, she was a plant. Okay. Night <laughs> after night, she'd go up and go. I thought that was her origin story. Because if, if she wasn't a plant and she's doing that every night, he's got to be like, look, sorry, Julie. Um, <laughs> Let's share it around, shall we? I'm actually asking for a volunteer from the audience. I don't what? need you to. Why are you singing? No, why, why are you singing now? She made it so. I was lucky. I was lucky. People enjoyed it. Yeah, isn't that why you were hired to do it? Yes, mm. and that's what confused me. I thought she was. No, she was. She'd be like. She'd be a plant. I've heard of having a red hot show, but she stopped the show cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that good, Julie? Well, yeah. Before that, they were applauding. They were <laughs> laughing. But when I sang. They went Nothing. completely silent. Crickets. You, you hear a cough. Yeah. I love those coughs. You could hear a penny drop and that's how I knew they were loving yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. I'd hear the penny and I knew, I've got them. I've got them. <laughs> and then they'd start leaving because I was so good, it couldn't get better than me. They thought, how could this show improve? I must leave to tell others about it. And find that penny. Where, <laughs> where did it where go? Did it where did I put that penny? At 13, she became the youngest solo performer ever to be seen in a royal variety performance before King George and the future Queen Elizabeth at the London Palladium. Wow. Isn't that wild that people are still alive who were alive before Queen Elizabeth II was on the throne? Yeah. She was, yeah, this is the future Queen. Wow. Isn't that wild? I mean, I was alive. She ascended to the throne in 1953. It was 50-something. Dave, you love the Queen. Yeah, 57. What are we celebrating? 50, 75 years this year, is it? Fucking hell. Celebrating? Oh, so celebrating. that makes it 40s? No, it was... I don't know. 75 years. Carry the two. I think that means... That's, that's 47, isn't it? 47. <laughs> 47. Lock okay. it in, Eddie. There we go. Um, so, yeah, she's 13, performing in front of the King and future Queen. Love it. Amazing. I was I'm, I couldn't. You said Patchouli Clark before. I'm like, why do I know that name? She's saying downtown. Downtown. Is that a she one downtown. hit wonder? Downtown. Good song. She sold more than 68 million records. Yeah, I think it's probably more than a one hit wonder. Then with Shit. that. But yeah, pretty cool. She charted with the Little Shoemaker in 1954. The Little Shoemaker. We all remember that hit. Hey everyone, uh, Dave coming in with a fact check here. Um, 1952, the Queen is only 70 years. I got excited. Ah, uh, see, I, I, yeah, I was confident it was in the 50s. Yeah, that felt right. And to we me. said 53, but it was 52, so we were very close. We feel foolish. So I actually feel pretty good about myself. So this next part I found on newsner.com. Newsna. Newsna. <laughs> no follow up questions. Newsna. Newsna. <laughs> 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 They're running out of 
Facebook.com. Is Nuznia taken? Yeah, somehow. Oh my god, it's crazy. You actually have to um uh you have to say it with a very flat face and like Nuznia. You like they can't give any expression. Um, so you've been training for that for years. Nuznia at six. So from Newsner.com says, by, th- by the time Andrews became a teenager, she was already gaining fame and she revealed in her memoirs that at age 14, her mother asked her to perform at a family friend's residence. <laughs> That's when you know you've made Getting your family friends. Wow. Yeah, Julia's going to do a little concert for us all. <laughs> yeah. She's really good. Everyone okay. gather around. Oh, okay. All right, one song, one song. No, I'll be doing an entire show. Oh, she's going to do Cats. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> After I had sung, the owner of the house approached me, she wrote. He was a tall and fleshily handsome. Fleshily. I don't know what that means. Okay. Fleshily handsome. And I recognised him as a man who had come round to visit her family home once or twice in early years. That evening, the man came and sat on the couch next to me. I remember feeling an electricity between us that I couldn't explain. Okay. Nothing sus. Okay, because it felt like it was going to be really sus. No, it's not sus. Well, it's a little sus, but not in the way you're thinking. Okay, great. I was worried it was going to be dark. And electricity. Okay. Yeah. When they were later driving home, her mother asked Andrews if she liked the man. He seemed pleasant, was all that the unsuspecting Andrews said. During that car ride, her mother blurted out, That man is your father. <gasps> what? So the man that she had always had grown up knowing was her father, Ted Wells, was not in fact her biological <gasps> father. Oh my, this would have been a, a third Ted? No, <laughs> I don't know his name, but it could be Ted. Wow. Her mother revealed that while she was married to Ted Wells, she had had a brief but passionate affair with the man Julie had just met. I wonder if it was passionate. This guy is oh like electric. God. He conducts electricity. Yeah. If you touch him, your hair goes. It's crazy. Stands on end. <laughs> you seem completely He's always rubbing his, his shoes on the carpet. <laughs> This has blown my mind. I know. A third dad. A third Ted. And they're all called Ted. They're all called Ted. <laughs> we think. She wrote in her memoirs, somehow I was able to push it to a dark corner of my mind. It did not alter the fact that the man who had raised me was the man I loved. I would always consider him my father. Which one? Ted Wells. Ted not one. Pop. Not Pop. We no. don't didn't, like Pop. Didn't particularly like Pop. Yeah, he, Pop sounds awful. He and... and uh, he and, and her mother, I think, drank quite heavily. I don't think home was necessarily the, the nicest place to be um, when she was growing up and living with her mother. So, she, But she would see her dad, Ted Wells, quite regularly, um, you know, weekends and spending holidays and stuff with him and, and wow. absolutely loved him. And they had, they had a really lovely okay. relationship. Well, that's good. Yeah. So she writes, she said, he was the one who took me on nature walks to swimming baths and down to the seaside. Just the memory of him sitting and reading to me was enough to make me love listening to books and the spoken and written word. So your relationship with, her, with Ted 1, way better than Ted 2. Yeah. Better than with the mum. Sounds like they were just um, loose. You know, people in the entertainment industry, very unreliable. Yeah, not 100% sure. She d- I, I didn't read a heap about her relationship with her mum. I think probably fine. Um, but yeah, didn't... Fran fine. Fran fine. Um, but very yeah, very close with her dad, which is nice. After her mother told her the truth, Andrews never asked Wells about it and often wondered whether he knew about her mother's affair and whether he was aware of Andrews not being Brutal. his own daughter. It's, there is a kind of weird... I guess she had the right to know that it wasn't her dad, but also like... Not the way to do what it. a weird way to do it. I know. And she was sort of like, I don't want to... I don't want to be the one to tell dad. Yeah. Um, and I don't... You know, she was she was worried about like what 
how that would impact their relationship. I just, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not. But so she, yeah, she didn't know if her dad ever knew. And then the answer to that, she only found out a month after her mother's death. She approached her aunt Joan to ask if Wells had known all along. And it turns out that Wells had always known she wasn't his daughter, but still raised her like his own. Oh, love that. So that's nice. Um, so that's just a, a, a little tidbit there that I, I did not know. Because well, you'd think it could, well, you know, depending on the person, could have been easy to be like, once that relationship ended, wasn't actually yeah. his kid, it would have been easy to be like, nah, look, I'm, uh, w- there's no reason for me to have that relationship with you anymore. Oh, no, but isn't that hard? Yeah, yeah. but obviously he, um, he just loved her. Because he saw her as his daughter. And he'd raised her from infant. Yeah, you that's know? right. So I mean, uh, yeah, two types of people. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I guess it's, uh, is it different again when it's like a, a stepchild? Who knows? It's a, it's a complex one, isn't it? But yeah, they, um, uh, they had a, a lovely relationship all through their lives, which is very nice. So cool. So I'm not a hundred, like we were saying before, not a hundred percent sure when she took the stage name of of Julie Andrews, but her performing career was just starting to take off, and she made several appearances in radio and television, as well as on stage over the next few years. How old was she? This one, sixteen, going on seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you regret that? So after performing in various stage productions in London on the 30th of September 1954, on the eve of her 19th birthday, Andrews made her Broadway debut as Polly Brown in the London musical The Boyfriend. Two separate words there. The Boyfriend. That's three words. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I meant boyfriend is separated. Yeah, the boyfriend. No, but it's The Boyfriend. Yeah. Boyfriend, different. Two different right. words. I'm going to go saying. out on a limb and say that that show sucked. Oh, did it? Really? Is that what you think? The Boyfriend. It's a, it's a, it's a classic musical. Yeah. She played yep. poly, I'm poly standing by my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> he hates musicals. I'm just looking up the, uh, the Wikipedia page on The Boyfriend. Um, let's have a... I'm, I'm trying to find, like, plot. Oh, there's several acts to it. Let's... Okay, so The Boyfriend is a musical by Sandy Wilson. Um... Set in the carefree world of the French Riviera in the Roaring Twenties, The Boyfriend is a comic pastiche of the ni- of 1920s shows. Its relatively small cast and low cost of production makes it a continuing popular choice for amateur and student groups. Okay. It's cheap and easy to do. Right. You've won me over with The Boyfriend. <laughs> um, Two words. Two words. Yeah. No, don't get any ideas out there, everybody. The Boy, one word, and Friend. Friend. The Boyfriend. So, uh, making this uh, uh, move to Broadway meant a move to New York, which Julia was nervous about. At this time, she was the main breadwinner for the family, so it felt like a risk to take this opportunity. But she did it, and The Boyfriend was a hit. Critics called her the standout of the show. She played Polly Brown for a year, and towards the end of that year, she was approached to audition for the role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Oh, How wonderful. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> the, I had nothing else. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a second quote. Okay. Um, she was successful. She played the role for two years, again, to rave reviews from audiences and critics. From Wikipedia, it says, During rehearsals, director Moss Hart spent 48 consecutive hours solely with Andrews where they hammered through each scene. 
is their words. Andrews later stated that the good man had stripped my feelings bare, moulded, kneaded, and helped me become the character of Eliza and made her part of my soul. So he didn't let her leave the theatre for 48 hours. 48 hours. Andrews referred to it as the best acting lesson she'd ever received. Soon after opening, she had to tone down the Cockney accent she'd learnt for the role because American audiences couldn't understand her. They went too far into Cockney. Right. Ow, lovely. Ow, what an epic lovely. Is that that? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So impressed with her performance in My Fair Lady was composer Richard Rogers. And he asked asked her to be involved in the Rogers and Hammerstein television musical Cinderella to Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Yes. Wow. He was the Rogers. Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you've got, you can just access that, can you? All right. Um, so that yeah, they um, put on the musical television musical Cinderella, which was written especially for her. So Cinderella was broadcast live on CBS in March of 1957, and it had an estimated 107 million viewers. What the hell? That's incredible. Isn't that wild? In the just in America? I guess so. That would have been like a big chunk of their population. Huge. Right? How many people are there now? 200 and something? 300, 300. and something? 300 and something. Million, sorry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Three, 400 people? <laughs> in America? You're crazy. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, she was nominated for an Emmy for her performance. And at this point, she's 22 years old. Wow. She's doing very well for herself. And I'll tell you what Julie Andrews does next after these messages. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has, been stress- <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. It feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel- that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. That he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Over the next few years, she worked constantly, TV appearances, more theatre productions, and in 1959, she married set and costume designer Tony Walton. Not Ted, unfortunately. Ooh. But Tony. To yeah. T- t- you know? T- his name was Tony. 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 By 1962, casting for f- the film adaptation of My Fair Lady had begun, and Warner Brothers head Jack Warner decided the role needed to go to a big name. Andrews didn't have the name recognition yet, and so they brought in the big gun, Hepburn. <laughs> the bulk of Hepburn's... Catherine? Aub- Audrey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Disappointed by that, are Disappointed. You? So sorry. Always on Team Catherine. What's the That's relation of Catherine and Aubrey? No relation. They're I born believe. in different countries. Really? Yeah. I knew that. I reckon Dave might have told us on the Academy Awards episode. Yeah. I found maybe is when I found I out. I must have known that. Because Catherine is an EGOT and Audrey... I think it's the other way around. Oh, Audrey's the EGOT. Catherine Hepburn's won four Academy Awards for Best Actress, which is a record. What, right. Wow. And Audrey's an EGOT winner. Is that I believe so. But isn't that the thing she can't sing? Well, yeah, my very next line is the bulk of Hepburn singing was dubbed by soprano and ghost singer Marnie Marnie Nixon. (laughs) Ghost singer? Ghost singer. How good is that? they record it? I I purposely left this in (laughs) because I I was like, what else has Marnie Nixon done? I went to look and it's like, she's a soprano and ghost singer. And I was like, well, I've got to put that in there because obviously we'll have a lot of fun with ghosts. But obviously, if you're thinking about like, yeah, but if you're thinking about ghost writer, it totally makes sense, doesn't it? She sings for you. Yeah, you. But you take credit. That's right. Um, like it, like you do with a ghost. Do you think we could get some ghost singers? I think we could get ghost podcasters. Love to do a, a musical episode. Oh, now you like musicals. If I'm not singing it. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? I'll have Michelle Brazier. Thank you. Welcome to do go on. I'll play myself. <laughs> actually. So, yeah, they brought in um, Audrey Hepburn and, yeah, her singing was done by Marnie Nixon, who also did the singing for Deborah Kerr and The King and I and for Natalie Wood in West Side Story. Wow. So, there's quite a lot of productions and and different projects and stuff that Marnie lent her voice to. Um, So, yeah, it was a bit of a devastating blow, but Julie Andrews was her graceful and cool self, saying she understood the decision and her only regret is that her performance was never recorded, so she doesn't have that as a keepsake. It wasn't like as common back then to have recordings of the Broadway show. So she doesn't have any kind of... There's no recording of her being Eliza Doolittle, which is, yeah, which is understandable. But, yeah, she's so graceful and so lovely about it. I've just looked up the EGOT page. You're right, Dave. Audrey Hepburn's won an EGOT and Catherine was just the... Just the multi. (laughs) Just the multi winner. How many Oscars have you won? I mean, it's rude to ask. Yet. Yeah, come on. That's right. I'm going to round mine up to one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say one and then by the end of my life that will be true. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, and from this point, I'm only an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and a Tony away from being an EGOT. That's right. I mean, the people who are like, oh, time is linear. It's not. Yeah, it's not. If it happened at any point, it's happened now. So, yeah, I've won an EGOT. If it happened at any point, it's happened now. I could not agree more. That's beautiful. Time is cyclical. Time is it's cyclical. It's all happening. Everything's at you once. You seen Good Place? Time is Jeremy Bellamy. There you go. Beautiful. I don't know what that means, but I agree. <laughs> you got to watch I that show. I agree too. Um, 
So, yeah, Julie, being very cool and gracious about it, Warner, Jack Warner, later recalled that the decision was made for financial purposes, stating that, in my business, I have to know who brings people and their money to a cinema box. (laughs) To a cinema box? Audrey Hepburn had never made a financial flop. I imagine that's how he talked. I love that voice. And Thank it is, you. It's still a, cl- a cult classic, so... It absolutely is. And you know what, like, and I'm, I'm sure... I feel like I've definitely said this before, but, you know, um, Hepburn is, like, such a an iconic... One of those classic actors. But I hadn't actually seen any of her stuff until maybe a few years ago, really. And then watching Breakfast at Tiffany's maybe 10 years ago and being like, oh, I get it. Like, she's captivating. So yeah, I can I can see why that's a good call. But also, you watch like Mary Poppins and stuff, and Julie Andrews is also quite captivating. Oh yeah, so yeah. You watch the nanny and Fran Drescher is quite captivating. Exactly right. You know. There's a presence about mm. them. These people, the big the three. big three: <laughs> Hepburn, Andrews, Drescher. Yes. The list goes on. But Julie's next massive opportunity was just around the corner. Cool. Walt Disney had seen her performance in Camelot at the Majestic Theatre and offered her the titular role in Mary Poppins. Andrews initially turned down the role as she was pregnant with her first child and she was like, I, I can't be filming a movie right now. And in a pretty unheard of move at the time, because Hollywood has been brutal and cutthroat forever, uh, Disney said, that's okay, we'll wait for you. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm. She was still relatively unknown. Yeah. But they were obviously so sure she was... And they were right. Absolutely, yeah. And they put it off That's for her. And in a amazing. in a um, fun little fact here, history repeated itself when they were making the 2018 reboot of Mary Poppins Returns. Jess, I'll hold you up there. History doesn't repeat itself. It's always <laughs> happening. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, Emily Blunt was also pregnant and the movie was postponed to accommodate her as she played Mary Poppins. Oh, my God. It feels like as soon as you get pregnant, you're going to get the call. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to be Mary Poppins? Oh, my God. Is that... Is that is that real sort of thing? I think so. Should I? Oh, I can't sing. Never mind. <laughs> mm. That's what some people say. Instead of saying my water broke, they say I've got my Mary my Mary Poppins call. <laughs> so yeah, that's what they mean. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You might have heard it. Quick. Yeah, so many of my friends have said that, and I was like, "Congrats, my pants babe!" Are wet. I got the call from Mary Poppins. I'm like, "Do you need to run what? lines, or <laughs> do you want me to help?" Do you want me to... What do you need? Oh, they need a hospital. Okay. I get it now. I just thought that was quite nice that that happened for both of them. Yeah, it's History great. repeating itself is nice. You're right. You never... You don't often hear stories, especially in old school Hollywood, about things like that. Yeah, totally. It's so cutthroat and it's like, you know... Both? Your, your hair's the wrong colour. Get out of this city. <laughs> it's like, what? You're banned. <laughs> and Mary Poppins... No redheads have- here. <laughs> didn't Mary, Mary Poppins wasn't a... She didn't have kids. No. She... She's a nanny. She's a nanny. <gasps> the nanny. See? I didn't even, I didn't, maybe that's why my brain keeps talking about Fran Drescher. It all makes sense now. My God. The nanny. Mary Poppins was there. So that's how she became. Pregnant? Pregnant. <laughs> wow. What a way to find Mr. out how Sheffield. it all works. So uh, according to uh, Wikipedia. After the birth of her daughter, this is Julie Andrews. We're, we're done talking about Emily Blunt. <laughs> no, we're not. She comes back later. Anyway, after the birth of her daughter, she received a call from former report topic, P.L. Travers, author of Mary Poppins. Wearing pants, I imagine. Probably. Who told her, <laughs> well, you're much too pretty, of course, but you've got the nose for it. <laughs> Don't know what that means. And well, then did she hang up? <laughs> That's all the call said. 
Beep. Who was that? She was Australian, wasn't she? Pal? Yeah. Yeah, Maribara. That's where she came from. See, I remember that. So could you do it, say it, you said it was a posh accent. Can you do it again? Oh, yeah, fair enough. She would have said, well, you're much too pretty, of course. No, nah, but this is in the, what's this, the 50s? Yeah, that's We when sounded a bit more English then. But that, it's just what, oh, like, grandparents sound like now. Oh, oh, well, you're much too pretty, of course. Yeah, yeah. But you've got the nose for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Is that good? That's better. <laughs> now, this was Andrew's first major film role, so this is huge for She's her. like, do you usually get a call from the author telling yeah. you you look weird? <laughs> you got a weird nose. I, I mean, it just by the tone, it didn't sound like my nose was good. <laughs> uh, Mary Poppins became the biggest box office draw in Disney history. Wow. Variety lauded Andrew's performance as a, as a signal triumph. She performs as easily as she sings, displaying a fresh type of beauty. The film was nominated for 13 Academy Awards and won five, including the Academy Award for Best Actress for Julie Andrews. So this is her first role. She's about 23 wow. now. She's she, got the Academy Award. She must be close to an EGOT if she isn't. You'd think she would have won a Tony at some point. No Tony. No Tony. I don't think so. I go through some she of her awards at the end. She was dating a Tony. She married a Tony. Does that not count? Does that? Or, or I've married a Tony. I've dated a Tony. Yeah. So okay. I'm only an ego away. Yeah. Well, I've had sex with a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares? <laughs> oh, I have some follow-up questions. <laughs> follow-up <laughs> questions. Is that a title or a name? Literally went through the oh, all the awards <laughs> and thought, which one's the easiest one to have sex with? <laughs> Yeah, I, I assume you're talking about a, a grandma. A grandma, is that right? And that's <laughs> fine. We're not yucking anybody's is. yum. We're just <laughs> wanting to check. Especially yummy grummies. Com. Matt, it's yummy grummy. Yummy grummy. Yummy Oh, she's a bit of a yummy grummy. <laughs> 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 That's horrendous. Do I dare see if it's a website? <laughs> don't. Don't. Uh, you're at my house on, on my Wi-Fi. I'm no. going to start getting some weird targeted ads. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> yummy grummy. Yummy grummy. <laughs> Shout out to any yummy grummies listening. So, yeah, she's won an Academy Award for Best Actress. She also received uh, the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Um, and her co-stars won... The 1965 Grammy Award for Best Album for Children. So um, would that count for her? Is she a Grammy she, winner there? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There you go. It's two has, ticked off She has one a year. couple of other Grammys as well. I know, but like ticked off so early. This is her first major role. It's so young. She's been working, you know, she's been performing since she was a, in her mid-teens. But yeah, she's like early 20s and she's got... She's got an Academy Award. Amazing. And it is definitely her singing. It's not Marnie or whatever. It is definitely Julie singing. Does her own singing. This um, <laughs> this you might have seen clips of on YouTube or you might have heard of this. In her acceptance speech at the Golden Globes, she ended her speech by saying, and finally, my thanks to a man who made a wonderful movie and who made all this possible in the first place, Mr. Jack Warner, which was a beautiful <laughs> jab because My Fair Lady was in direct competition for the awards. <laughs> And he didn't cast her in the movie. Yeah. So she's like, thank you for making this possible. Right. Um, I think, I feel like we've talked about that before. Maybe on the Academy Oscars episode or... Or the Mary Poppins maybe, episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. 
Um, That's fun. And so that would be funny actually because then I have told that twice <laughs> and both times it's been new to me. <laughs> but it was, it was a familiar that time. So I've probably said it before. But I like that. It's, kind of, it's a bit sassy. It's so funny that I just would have assumed if anything she'd won a Tony or won 10 Tonys. I've got all the awards at the end, so we'll know for sure. Ooh. Look, I've got I, all of them. I believe you. But I don't know if she has an EGOT. I, don't, I think she's been nominated for Tony's. I think Tony's the one that's missing. I could be wrong. We'll find out. Bit of sizzle for later. Um, so, yeah, she said uh, thanks to Jack Warner, which is fun. A nice, <laughs> another nice little fun fact, um, again, about the 2018 reboot. Julie Andrews turned down a cameo appearance at the end of the film saying, this is Emily's show, and I really want it to be Emily's show. She didn't want to take away from Emily Blunt playing Mary Poppins. She didn't want to take any of that attention. So she was like, no, I won't, I won't be in it. That's interesting, because in a way it would just bring more attention to the movie, which would be good for Emily Blunt. Yeah, I right? guess so. That's just a polite way of saying, no, I don't want to. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Fuck that. I've already done one of those. you kidding me? Leave me alone. <laughs> Was that successful? I went. I'm pretty sure I went and saw it. The so that's success, isn't it? Yeah. You saw it at the movies. Uh, but I can't really remember it. I remember maybe there was a. They did their version of the um the chalk scene where they all jumped inside the chalk with yep. Dick Van Dyke. Yep. Was on a like a clay pot instead. They jumped into a pot. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Did Dick make a cameo? He did. Dick he? makes a cameo. Yes. So he wasn't he too big. <laughs> he doesn't care about taking attention away. And I think I read. It might have even been when we were talking about Mary Poppins. Oh, I don't know. But they... Because Dick Van Dyke does make a cameo and he, he does this like dance sequence and they they choreographed four different versions of it with like varying difficulty because he was like in his late 80s at the time or maybe 90 or something. And uh, he was like, oh, the hardest one. <laughs> He's like, I'll do I them all. And he nails it. I'll do them all at once. I'll do them all at once. I'll do all four versions. Big, big Dick fan. A two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Poppins came out in 1964. And it was only one year later that possibly her other most famous film came out. The Sound of Music. Ever heard of it? So oh. that was, it was just straight after. Yeah, 64, 65. That is outrageous. They were, they were movies I watched a lot as a kid. And I don't, I don't reckon I realised it was the same person. Because yeah. I think she has black hair in one and blonde hair in the other. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How could it possibly be the same Different person? Different people. And I'm probably wrong. I was saying she was in her like 20s and stuff before. But if this came out... In, 64, and she was born in 35. Yeah, she's 29. Yeah, she's yeah, in your yeah. 20s. Yep, still crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, it's film before it comes yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Sound of Music, 1965, is the highest grossing film of that year. Her performance as Maria um, won her, her second Golden Globe Award for Best Actress, and she was nominated a second time for the Academy Award for Best Actress and the BAFTA for Best Actress as well. Um, Christopher Plummer, have you seen Sound of Music any time recently or just as a child? Just as a have child. Have you seen it at all, Dave? Uh, I've seen – I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Yeah, I've seen right. a few few bits of it. So the dad, it, he was only 35 in no that movie. Kidding. There you go. And I don't know if it's just because I was a child and also it was an old movie so everybody seems really, really old. But I, if you gun to my head, I would have said probably 50. Yeah. He would have been 50. I would have, I would have guessed 50 as He well. was 35 and Liesl, his, the eldest, was played by a 22-year-old. Yeah, right. Started young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's baffling. So I was like, he was 35? He admitted that he found Andrews to be insufferable and annoying during filming, mockingly calling her Miss Disney. Oh, wow. That's Christopher Plummer saying that. Yeah. 
Later, he admitted he was being immature and that Andrews was well, a great he was actress. He was only 35 yeah. at the time. Andrews is a great actress and a true professional. And the two of them remained very good friends until his death in 2021. Oh, wow. That's nice. So I just think that's kind of funny that he's like, ugh, God, insufferable. And then had the self-awareness to go, no, I'm being a bit immature there, actually. She's a delight. From my vague memories, he was a real stud. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't really remember. I don't remember. Well, I was a child. I had different tastes then. Yeah. But I see pictures of him now, even as an old man, you're like, oh, yeah. You're a good-looking chap, you but in the you can make it in Hollywood. In Sound of Music, <laughs> I was never like hubba hubba, <laughs> uh, Captain Von Trapp, <laughs> yummy, <laughs> never. Yeah, you were more into that Aryan boy. <laughs> 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 I truly don't think I got that movie. No, I don't. I, I did not understand. Had no idea what was going. On. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, why are they so scared? All why are they running away running from away? these people? This is so strange. And why is this little Nazi dog the boys? <laughs> And what's a Nazi? What's a Nazi? I didn't know. It was a different time. Um, I love those pre-Nazi days of our youth. Yeah, it was good. But, you know, there's a. we may have lived in a time where Nazis had existed, but there's that sweet innocence of not knowing what a Nazi yeah. is. <laughs> and I, I wish for that again. Dave, how long, how long before you knew? Hearing all, these th- all those things you just said, I definitely haven't seen the movie in full. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. It's quite a long movie as well. It's also m- quite music heavy. I don't think you'd like it. Yeah, no. not. For, I mean, yeah, they get, not for me. They, it's the movie's gone for ages. Then all of a sudden, there's a whole puppet show with songs. Uh, yeah. How long does that go for? High on the hills, a lonely little Oh no! And it's like, yeah, why are they? They've got why are they why is such this an happening? elaborate? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have the kids have a fucking song just to go to bed. Like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, they perform Christ. a song to say good night. Good night. That was real. That was not good. <laughs> that sounded right to me. No, it wasn't. Good have night. You, do you have a ghost singer? <laughs> I have a ghost singer. Because I think your ghost singer's dying a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Yeah. How? I always, and it's funny, Andy Matthews, uh, well, he did briefly, did a stand-up bit about it, because he also misunderstood it like I did. I always thought it was... How do you solve a problem like Maria would solve the uh, problem? Ah, yeah, right. But it's how do you solve a problem like Maria? Maria's the Maria's problem the we problem. have to solve. Yeah. <laughs> Which kid, is I'm nice because like, aren't they singing? They're not singing it to her though, are they? Or is she in the room when they're singing it? I that? don't think so. Because I it feels like a bit of a dick move. So she's like a young nun and the other nuns are like, how do you... S-? She's a real pain. Right, you're nuns. thinking they're asking themselves, WWMD, yeah. what would Maria do? Exactly. Yeah, but they're not. They're saying, how do we get rid of Maria? Yeah. <laughs> she's a pain in the ass. <laughs> So, Julie Andrews continued her streak in starring in the top-ranking films of their year. In 66, she starred opposite Paul Newman in Torn Curtain, which was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> I said Curtain it weird. like you made it up. No, the Torn name of a Curtain. Film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're pitching the movie, looking around the room. Um, There's a um, curtain torn. T- ceiling t- t- crack? <laughs> no. Um, uh, light switch. Um, um, and that's like spider plant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bottle cap <laughs> city because <laughs> you're thinking like you're saying that that's three of the biggest names ever yeah Paul, Newman, Paul Newman Hitchcock Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews it's the biggest st- movie of the year I'm thinking I've definitely heard of this yeah I was then thinking the same thing Torn Curtain Torn Curtain it's a 1966 American political thriller um, it is about an American scientist who appears to defect behind the Iron Curtain to East Germany it sounds light and fun yeah. 
Um, so 1966, what I would have been doing that year is watching <laughs> the Saints' premiership run, uh, winning their one and only premiership uh, in September there. Yeah, but you, you could also, I mean, that takes up a day. I reckon anywhere <laughs> else in the, in well, the yeah, year, no, you could have watched a film. You've got the, the 22 rounds leading up to it as well. And right. The, and a couple of finals. And footy season starts when? Uh, yeah, uh, March, April. And it's finished September. September. Yeah. So you've still got a fair bit of time. You could have watched a film. Come on, Jess, well, look it up. Well, you've got pre-season, then you've got, you know, then you've got replays. What am I looking at? What up? month did it come out? Let's, let's have, have a look. look. See if Matt's sort of seen the movies. Um, let's see. Oh. July. No, no, no he wouldn't have no. seen it. No, it's fair enough. I'm sorry that You're I busy. pushed. I'm sorry You're that busy. I pushed. Um, the following year, she played the titular character in Thoroughly Modern Millie. She played Thoroughly. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's funny. I shouldn't have laughed so hard at my own joke. No, it's, it's, it's very good. <laughs> at the time, Thoroughly Modern Millie and Torn Curtain were the biggest and second biggest hits in Universal Pictures history, wow. respectively. Huge. That's so funny how some movies can be huge and then you just never hear from them again. Yeah. So it's like Avatar. It was so big. So big. Oh, yeah. Like in 50, no one talks about it. No one in 50 years' time, like our children's children won't be like, Avatar? Yeah. That sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll be there a bit senile in the corner saying, I remember I the remember blue, blue people. Blue people. Blue like, people. Okay, no, no. Blue people. All right. yeah, there was the Australian guy who seemed like he was yeah. a really big star. And then they had to jump on a Not bird. Not Worth. A Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. But they had to carjack a bird and shove their hair in its asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You remember it better than I do. They had to carjack a bird <laughs> and shove hair in its arsehole. That's absolutely true. I mean, it was its tail, but so close to its arsehole. You know what I mean? Wow. Worth a rewatch? I mean, by then, the, the six follow-up movies will be released. Yeah. They'll, they'll do a reboot. The kids will know the reboot and will say, well, we remember the original. Are the, is that am I re- thinking that right? They're rema- They're doing like five sequels, and they're filming them concurrently. I think there's at least two more that or are coming two, out. Okay, five but, would be ridiculous. But there could be more. But even just going, let's not <laughs> let's not release a sequel and see how it does. <laughs> let's lock in a the third one. Yeah, as well. everyone loves Love that confidence. trilogy. Um. Uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie was nominated for seven Academy Awards and Andrew scored a Golden Globe nomination for her performance as well. So just like everything she's churning out is getting great reviews. She's getting nominated for stuff. Like she's just killing it. But after this run of success, a couple of flops were always going to be inevitable. Oh, dear. Star in 1968 was a biopic of Gertrude Lawrence and Darling Lily in 1970, co-starring Rock Hudson, were two of Hollywood's most expensive flops. Oh, no. It didn't help that at the same time as filming, she and her husband, Tony Walton, were going through a divorce. Um, Despite reviews, her performance was once again nominated for the Golden Globe. um, And of these films, Andrew (laughs) later wrote... (laughs) What's funny? It's funny when the nominees are, despite the reviews, (laughs) Julie Andrews. Wow. Who knew? (laughs) Because it was trash. <laughs> She's just a walk-up start. They just say an Amy Albert for that. Yeah. Everything she touches turns to golden clothes. <laughs> <laughs> she later wrote about these films that non-stop success in a career is impossible, but nobody sets out to make a failure either. <laughs> I just, you know, she's like, eh, it's inevitable. You're going to make some flops. It's not the, it's not the dream, <laughs> but you know, you can't beat yourself up. That's right, and that's nice. She married in. Uh, she remarried in 1969. Nice. nice. That's a nice year to get married. Beautiful year to get married. <laughs> <laughs> to American film director, screenwriter, and producer Blake Edwards. Um, Ted. 
Surname Edwards. Yes. yes. Blake Ted. <laughs> Blake Ted. This marriage made her the stepmother to Blake's two children as well. And the couple also adopted two daughters in the mid-70s. And they were married until like... Quick I think question. He, yes. Does she know what's causing it? Adoption. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this marriage lasted about 40 years or something. He he died, I think, 2010-ish. Is, is, oh, uh, is he in a director of movies that we know? Uh, you... Yes, Dave. <laughs> you. You. <laughs> you could have just said yes and asked for no follow-up questions. Sorry. Yes, no follow-up questions. No, no, no. I thought I'd uh, written it down, but I haven't. Um, so let's have a look. Yeah, yeah. He directed um, <laughs> Pot Crack. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. His best-known films include Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. Did he direct it? He directed Breakfast at Tiffany's. There you go. He's, so his future wife's um, enemy. Yeah. And Victor Victoria... Uh, Days of Wine and Roses. I'm going to say Breakfast at Tiffany's is probably the biggest one. Oh, Pink Panther with Peter Sellers. Oh yeah, uh, the the series. He's done a few. So yeah, he was he was uh, quite a well known. Great work. So I did love Matt looking around the room. What was it? Crackpot. <laughs> crack pot. Crack. Or pot crack. Pot crack. Yeah, crackpot. That's an actual. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, pot crack is also okay. Hey, I guess. you punched it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving the loving the vibe. Let's swap those words around. Yeah. Um, now, I don't want this to just be a list of what she did every year. I know that um, biographies sometimes do feel a bit like, and then this happened, and then this happened. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. But often with these stories, there seems like there's a very clear time that this person was in their prime, and then they might have a resurgence like 20 years later. You know, some of these big Hollywood stars. Can't wait for my prime and then my <laughs> resurgence. Oh, God. But that's not the case for Julie Andrews. She's worked pretty consistently across stage, TV, and film since the early 50s. And she has consistently been nominated and won awards and uh, is just growing this fandom of people who find her so charming and wholesome. There's a bit of a gap in the 90s where, quite famously, she was forced to quit Victor Victoria, the stage production. Her husband directed the movie. Directed the movie. So she had to quit the stage production towards the end of the Broadway run in 1997 when she developed hoarseness in her voice. Um, And doctors assessed that she had non-cancerous nodules in her throat and she underwent surgery. The surgery left her with permanent damage that destroyed the purity in oh, her voice. No. One of the things she was known for was the purity of her voice. Did you did you know this? Yes. Or no? Yeah. I knew the story that she couldn't sing anymore, yeah. but I wasn't sure why. Yeah, so her, her speaking voice was left uh, pretty much permanently rather raspy and she later said she believed the hoarseness was due to a certain kind of muscular strain that happens on the vocal cords. Later adding, I didn't have cancer, I didn't have nodules, I didn't have anything. Um, so she regrets the surgery. Yeah. Bugger. So at least, at the very least, in her mind, the surgery was unnecessary and had caused permanent damage to her singing voice, which was kind of her bread and butter. So a couple of years later in 99, she filed a malpractice suit against the doctors um, who had operated on her throat. And the doctors originally had assured her that her voice would be back to normal and she'd be able to sing in about six weeks, but it never did. Um, the lawsuit was settled in September of 2000. Uh, sort of out of court for an undisclosed amount. Um, and Julia has since undergone another four operations. And while the operations have helped her with her speaking voice, her singing voice has never been restored. Bugger. So this is in the 90s that, um, yeah, her voice, which is pretty um, pretty, pretty uh, disappointing, but um, in classic Julie Andrews, uh, you know, just being a delight, There's this quote here. It says, her famous four-octave soprano was then reduced to a fragile alto. 
she was quoted at the time as saying, I can sing the hell out of Old Man River. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she can still sing, but Which not... Which was from Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? No. That's Moon, Moon River. River. Moon River. <laughs> 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 Which has... A and then I said, what about... <laughs> <laughs> so she's still capable of singing, just not the same range that she had... Um, which is obviously very disappointing. But I, I also read that some people sort of said that surgery and sort of the raspiness, it sort of made, um, I forgot how they worded it, but like some of those more middle notes were a bit more golden and yeah, like she can still sing, but it's not not the way that she <laughs> was famous for. Right. So the next phase of Julie's career introduced her to a new generation of audience. In 2001, she starred as Queen Clarice Marie Rinaldi in The Princess Diaries. Oh, yes, Queen of Genovia. That's right, playing the grandmother of Anne Hathaway. Um, This was her first Disney film since Mary Poppins. Wow, that's a big gap. Huge gap, isn't it? And a lot of fun, that movie. Oh, my God, so much fun. And they waited for her. Originally... Originally, Anne Hathaway's mum was going to play yeah. the princess. They went and between, the, yeah, they waited. They didn't release a single movie in that time. Yeah, Disney. In five they just shut down. They said, we're shutting up shop. We're waiting for Julie. Um, she reprised her role in the 2004 sequel, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. Or, I imagine they're not good films. They're great films. They're great films. They're great films. <laughs> and look, is it because it came out in 2001 when I was 11 years old and I was the target demographic of it and now I'm seeing it through the lens of nostalgia? A little bit. <laughs> I think I'm the same. And the, the limo driver. What's his, yes. What's his, he's so fun in it. Lou? Is it like Joe or something? Joe! Joe. It's <laughs> Joe. Sorry, Matt. It's Joe. <laughs> the actor's name is Joe? No, the character's name is Joe. Who plays Joe, Dave? Oh, look Joe at- is... Hector, Hector Elizondo. Hector Elizondo. He's great. Best known from Chicago Hope. Oh, can I have a look at him? Yeah, you'd know his face. He's been in, he's been in stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's now 80, 85 years old. He's a man from Chicago. I think they still have rewatchability. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think you'd hate it. I think they're, they're, they're quite nice films. Good hangover film. Great hangover film. Yeah. Absolutely. Feeling a bit um, vulnerable. Yeah. A little fragile. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch it and cry on a plane. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. Is there a reason why I cry at movies on the plane? Yeah, there is something about... Uh, it's something to do with, like, I don't know, high altitude. <laughs> something about being in the sky. Something about being in the sky. Something about being alone with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is some sort of science behind it, I think. But, yeah, that's why we're all a bit sooky on, on planes. Oh, my God. She's writing in her princess diary. (laughs) Dear princess diary. Is the diary a princess? (laughs) I haven't seen it, I assume. (laughs) Dear princess diary. Um, In the sequel, Princess Diary 2, Royal Engagement, uh... She sang on film for the first time since having throat surgery. The song, it's called Your Crown and Glory. It's Your <laughs> Crown and Glory. She's not that deep. It was a duet uh, with Raven Simone. And it was set. That is so Raven. <laughs> yeah. Raven saying that, that is such a Raven song. Such a Raven so thing to do. Raven. It was set in a limited range of an octave to accommodate her recovering voice. 
And the film's music supervisor, Dawn Solar, recalled that Andrews nailed the song on the first take. I looked around and I saw grips with tears in their eyes. Oh. Everyone on set's like, Julie fucking Andrews they is singing. Oh my God. It is. Uh, that scene is set on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's set at a slumber party. <laughs> I'm going to need a hot towelette. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I didn't want it to just be, and then this year she did this because she's doing something all the time and like these huge, crazy, amazing <laughs> projects. She won't stop. She won't stop. They, they've tried. They said, Julie, take a holiday. She won't. So the, are you going to talk about any more films? Uh, yes. Yep. Because, okay. yeah, I'm still, I still don't, I don't think I've heard one that. Just you wait. I've seen. Torn just, Curtain. Just you freaking wait. <laughs> Two I, words. I want to go back and watch Curtain. Torn Curtain. It sounded pretty cool. You should watch Torn Curtain. In 2003, she made her debut as a theatre director, directing a revival of The Boyfriend, (laughs) the musical in which she'd made her Broadway debut in 1954. How many words? Three. Three words. The Boyfriend. Do you get to make that choice as the director? Yes, you do. Um, I read as well that her the production her production featured costumes and scenic design by her former husband Tony Walton. Oh, welcome back, Tony. They're quite nice. Um, in 2004, here you go, Matt. If you haven't seen this, 2004. I'm gonna. We are oh. stopping recording. We are sitting down and we are watching it. Can you give me a clue? Oh, have well, a she, guess. 2004. She voiced Queen Lillian. It's an animated blockbuster. <gasps> Shrek. Shrek two. Two. She plays Married Fiona's mum. Yes, John. Yes. Was, no, he was. No, the, he he's was Lord Farquaad. He's Lord Farquaad. Who's the dad? It's um, John oh. Cleese. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. See, You've I, seen I it. definitely saw that. I've seen, I've seen at least two Shreks. Well, she's reprised the role as well for its sequels, Shrek the Third and Shrek Forever After. So she's done a fair bit of voice work as well. She's done many, many TV and stage performances, too many to mention, but one that I thought was nice was when she made her London comeback after a 21-year absence. Her last performance there was a Christmas concert at the Royal Festival Hall in 1989. So in 2010, she performed at the O2 Arena, accompanied by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and an ensemble of, uh, of other performers as well. She'd previously said in interviews that she wouldn't be singing, she'd be doing a kind of talk singing, because obviously post-surgery... Rap. <laughs> Please rap. Please rap. <laughs> My name is Julie, and I'm here to say... <laughs> yeah, obviously post-surgery her voice is not capable of what it, what it used to be, yet she actually sang two solos and several duets and uh, an ensemble pieces... The evening, though well received by the 20,000 fans present who gave her a standing ovation, did not convince the critics, which is so funny to me because imagine being a critic, seeing this 75-year-old icon (laughs) and being like, hmm, not that good, while 20,000 people give a standing ovation around you. And and also knowing that she's had operations that have, you know, heard her voice and still be like, hmm, I've heard better. Yeah, and I've, I've seen Adele. I was like, what? Imagine like being on stage looking at 19,999 <laughs> people on their feet and you can see the one critic just arms crossed With in the front notepad. row. Taking at all effort and is no. No. No from me. It's a no from me. I just thought that was quite funny. But it's really nice that she's done this big arena show and everybody's standing ovation. Everyone's loved it. Yeah, a bit sad, I reckon. <laughs> seeing her like that. Yeah. Let it go, I reckon. Yeah. Pull the plug. Just, just <laughs> disappear into the yeah. into the ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as you should. 
Um, so her list of accomplishments is very long and it has its own Wikipedia page. Love that. List What's of awards and achievements. It, well, there was like there wasn't enough room on the on the one Wikipedia page about her. Yeah, because isn't all of Wikipedia about her life? Yeah. So yeah, obviously she has her own Wikipedia so page. She has her own Wikipedia site. Exactly right. But then they've like split it up to make it easier. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got it's So they've got like hyperlinks. And you can sort of click through. Yeah, absolutely. And wow. there's like uh, this whole page is just what, about awards. Or? I don't know what that means. <laughs> 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 I don't get it. Oh, okay. sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> it's an old. I think Yahoo. They were ones that you made for yourself back in the. Oh, days. I'm young. So no, you're not. I don't. <laughs> I don't get that. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually incredibly young and youthful, oh. and I'll never die. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it. Anyway, so in 2000, she was made the Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire um, to services for services to the performing arts, and received the award from Queen Elizabeth II Dame at Buckingham Commander. Palace. Yeah, she's a dame. Does she command all the dames? Yeah, is that sort of like a like a sir? She's a dame. She's like Helen Mirren. Do what I want. <laughs> but the commander is that an extra thing? I don't know. Pretty cool though, isn't it? <laughs> dame <laughs> commander. Good. Dame commander. She had the Kennedy Center honors in in two thousand and one, and she's been nominated for one hundred and thirty five awards. Wow! And has won sixty seven. Wow! Including almost half an Oscar. <laughs> Six Golden Globes, three Grammys, oh, here we go. two Emmys. <gasps> yeah, so no Tonys no or... Tonys. We're missing out on a Tony. Is it just Tony? Yeah. I wonder she if really she... Just because she's like... Oscar, Tony, her... Emmy, yeah. Do you have, is it only Amer- like Broadway shows that you're eligible for Tonys? Which she's been in. Right. Like she's done... Um, she, yeah, she's done uh, Broadway shows. Do you reckon she's been nominated for one? Yes, she absolutely has, yeah. Oh... She's uh, so I think she's been nominated for a few. Can, do, if you get a lifetime achievement Tony Award, does that count for EGOT? Yeah, sometimes they do, but then they put a little asterisk next to it. Right. Yeah, like, well, not one competitively, because it feels like she's going to get at least a lifetime achievement. She's Tony. been nominated three times for a Tony: fifty-seven, <sighs> sixty-one, and sixty-six. Come on, sixty-six, eh? And she declined a nomination for her role in Victor Victoria, citing that she felt the rest of the company had been overlooked. It's kind of cool. So she could have won that one. Maybe. Maybe. That's weird. Like I a protest so. thing yeah. to be like. Interesting. She had several honorary degrees as well. Um, and excitingly, she can next be heard on screen in 2022's Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> she's still working. And she's also the voice of Lady Whistledown. Oh, I was going to ask. I think yeah. that's her on Bridgerton. Yes, it is on Bridgerton. Do you on watch Bridgerton. this? <laughs> Do you say the voice? Is that a cartoon, Bridgerton? No. She's like a, it's a, like a narrator. Right. Yeah. Okay. She narrates a, it and it's great. There's a I gossip was magazine. Say, say, um, I didn't realise. Uh, yeah. I thought it was like a, a, a period yeah. romance thing. Yeah, it is. And she's, yeah, she sort of essentially narrates it. It's very silly, but I love it. She reprises her <laughs> role. Have you watched it? Yeah, I have. Second what? season? Both seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. It's good. First season was a bit hornier. Yeah, the first season was so fucking horny. Yeah. Watching that with the in-laws over Christmas. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, oh la la, I think I need another cup of tea. Excuse me for a second. It's getting a bit hot and heavy over here. There with the uh, yummy grummies. <laughs> <laughs> Dot org. So that is my report about 
Julie Andrews. And one thing that I um, also read, uh, and I look, I don't have that many sources on this, but I thought it was quite cute, is that apparently she travels with her own kettle. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. She just brings a kettle with her wherever she goes. And I thought that was nice. I love that. Yeah. So thank you. They're, to- they're, they're less common in America, I learned recently, because yeah. their, power pl- their power plugs aren't as... They take forever to... It's like two hours to boil. Yeah. So, so they do them on the stove over there. Oh. Com- the more commonly. High enough. I saw a TikTok about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I just didn't really know what they did instead. But I know that kettles aren't very common. Yeah, but I guess... Yeah, I don't know. Do they, they microwave tea. Do they? Some wow. places. That's like being in the future. <laughs> Or just like doing it wrong. <laughs> so thank you to um, Jen Wood and Kelly for uh, suggesting Julie Andrews, and thank you to the Patreons for voting on it as well. It was honestly a lot of fun to Did Kelly. Uh, give her last name. Uh, I know there's a listener, Kelly Wells. And when you're saying Wells before, I'm like, that's the only other Wells. No, nah, I don't think it was Kelly Wells. Uh, I think it was Kelly Clark. But um, in this in this particular suggestion, it just said Kelly. So, but I'm pretty sure it was Kelly Clark. Fantastic suggestion. Loved hearing about her life. What a delight. So that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote, or question section. Uh, And before I talk about that, this is part of a broader section where we like to thank all our great supporters. You can sign up at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. And yeah, there's a bunch of different levels. What are some of the uh, rewards people can get, Dave? Uh, you can be part of a Facebook group that no one else has uh, access to. It's a lovely little area where we give each other compliments <laughs> and pats. Lovely little area. <laughs> for a second, I thought he was saying it's a Facebook. Uh, you get to have access to a Facebook group that nobody asked for. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wanted. Nobody I'm asked like, for. Okay. No, it's it's very nice. People just like big each other up in there. It's lovely it's in lovely there. It's very nice. Uh, you get to vote for topics. Uh, for example, this week, which was uh, chosen by the Patreon supporters. Yeah. Uh, you get three bonus episodes a month at a certain level, and in, which adds to the 140 that you. Instantly get access to as soon as you support the show. And uh, yeah, you get discounts and first access to live shows. And you also, if you're on the Sydney Schoenberg level, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or suggestion, or whatever you like, really. Just type anything you want in there. You also get to give yourself your own title. Uh, this section actually has a little jingle, goes something like this Fact, quote, or question. Ding, 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 ding. always remembers the ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Uh, and there's there's only three f- this week. Normally we do four. So if anyone's on the Sydney Scheinberg level, uh, feel free to get them in. Come on over. Come on over, baby. <laughs> I thought that might encourage them if That's I sang beautiful. some Christina Aguilera at them. I think we could get uh, that singer Marnie in here to... Get fucked. <laughs> to go sing it. You get fucked. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that's good, but I like great. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Dave's that one. Kitty got claws. Uh, The first one this week comes from Eric. (laughs) I don't know why I said that with a New Zealand accent. (laughs) Eric E. Morales. Eric E. Morales. Eric E. Morales. I love the New Zealand language. That's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Eric has given himself the title MVP. Oh. Most Vertical Patron. Okay. <laughs> That's a pun on the uh, on primates. Yeah. The, the most Vertical Primate, which is <laughs> so good. Good stuff. By the auteur, Sir Robert Vince. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric has, has asked a question this week, and this is that question. Uh, Eric writes, Hi all, or sure 
if anyone has asked, <laughs> have I said that I only read these out as I'm reading <laughs> them out? It's very apparent. Because sometimes it's their typo, sometimes it's my mm. error. Uh, I'll just read it as written. Hi all, or sure if anyone has asked something similar, but here goes. Uh, probably not sure. All right. Um, I love to sleep on my side, but inevitably it hurts my back when I wake up the next morning. So I tend to sleep on my back. What's your most comfortable position to sleep in? (laughs) (laughs) How do you get comfortable enough to get to sleep? Anyway, cheers and thanks for answering my dumb questions. Um, Thanks, Eric. It's not a dumb question. It's a very personal one. Niche. Yeah. (laughs) Unexpected for sure. I'm, I'm a little offended. Are you? Yeah. Well, I'll feel this one then. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like, what are you going to do with that information? (laughs) You know what I mean? You're going to steal my identity? (laughs) Maybe, yeah. That's not Jess. She's not sleeping on her stomach. Yeah. No, that's how you know it's not me. I sleep on my... I I know sleeping on your back, I believe, is probably the best way to sleep. So I'll try to sleep on my back, but I always end up on my side. Yeah. I mean, you're also asleep. So, like, you move, you can't really control that mm. the whole night. I do often find where I fall asleep is how I wake up. Right. You know, like I'll... In like the, in your bed. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are the chances? <laughs> That's crazy. Every night? <laughs> yeah, after watching uh, Moon Night on Disney, um, I realise now that it's not that common. Some people need to chain themselves to the bed <laughs> so they don't get up and, and moonwalk or whatever that is. I haven't been paying that much attention. But... Um, <laughs> No, yeah, sleep on the side, I reckon, is the go. But yeah, I try. I do try to sleep on my back, mm. uh, and to try to get to sleep, I'll do. I think I might have talked about this before, but I play play some games. Normally, like an alphabet game, where I go through. Like last night, I was going through. I'm like, all right, I just I'm gonna go through actors, A to Z. Oh wow! Um, well, and then you name like A. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Okay, a. so we're going surname. A surname only. Uh, well, you make up your own rules. Uh, last night. <laughs> Uh, I think yeah, I went with surnames. How far did you get? I believe I, I, I remember getting pretty deep. Yeah, I, I think I was I got stuck on X and sure. um, must have fallen asleep around the end. X. But in Ooh. the in the past, I've done Xavier, like right? I. It's you know higher level of difficulty. I'll go A B, but I'll go any any one at all. Right. Alec Baldwin, then B C. Oh. Brian Colella, who's a who's one of our great Patreon supporters. <laughs> Uh, I wonder C, how Brian would CD, feel about you Charles thinking Darwin. about him as you go to sleep. Yeah, sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> sorry, Brian, if that is an invasion of your privacy to have your name in my head as I fall asleep. Mm. Uh, D-E. Can't, can't think of one right now. So, Dave, how do you go to sleep? <laughs> um, I sleep on my side hugging a pillow. That's cute. Love to hug. I mean, you have a wife, but okay. Exactly what she says to me. <laughs> And I say, but I can roll around with this pillow. I can face <laughs> this way. I can face that way. I can't just chuck you around the bed. And then you say, anyway, night pillow. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> love you, pillow. Spend my life with you forever. Um, I cannot get to sleep unless it's on my side. But I'm told I end up on my back snoring right. uh, very quickly. But I can't go to sleep unless I'm on my side. Even as a child, I remember my dad would come in and like, you know, tuck me into bed and you'd be like, come on, on your side. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't sleep otherwise. Yeah, right. I try, I try, I try. Got to get all tucked up. I, gotta, I start on the right side and then I roll to my left and then I'm asleep. Love that. Yeah. It's pretty great. 
That's, I think that's a good question, Eric. I wasn't offended as uh, David just were. I'm I'm very offended. They were disgusted I'm actually, by I'm the question. I'm quite upset. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear that in my voice. Jess but is going to struggle to sleep tonight. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, who the fuck is watching me sleep now? Like, why do you need to know this about me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I give so much of myself. And now you want to know how I sleep? Like, what more is there of me to give? Um. <laughs> you want to know how I walk? Left foot, right foot. Is that right? Yeah. You always start with the left. Always. That's how you know it's Bob. I'm going crazy. I can't think of a DE Yeah, name. he's Googling DE. I David E. I don't know. Is Derek. Yeah, D- Darren. I mean, I, I normally would come up with one. I just can't remember what I'd You're say. also going straight for male names, which is very interesting. Well, I think everyone I just said was a male name as well. Uh, Donna. Da. Yeah, I normally... EF is Ella Fitzgerald often. Okay. DE, yeah. Yeah, I don't... It's funny. I don't normally feel like I get stumped there. Anyway, next one uh, comes from Drew Forsberg. Very close to a DE. <laughs> uh, and Drew's title is NSFNSW. Okay. Not safe for New South Wales, I guess is what that is. I assume so. And uh, Drew has asked a question as well, writing, If you live deep within the fortress of the mole people, mm-hmm. how would you try to infiltrate human society? I'm asking for a friend, obviously. This is not misdirection. I <laughs> would... Okay, so I live deep within the Fortress of the Moles uh-huh. and I'm trying to infiltrate human society. Yes. So I just go through the ground. Okay. I go up. Yeah. And then you just... I was, I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah. I come out just the hole and they go, did you just come out of that hole? I say, what? No, I gaslight them. And then I go, you're crazy. Bye. And I just like walk off and then I'm just like, I just live there. You pick a footy team. That was incredibly easy. What yeah. do you mean? How do you infiltrate? Like up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Super easy. Like I'm down... So, and so I just go up. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get it. I reckon I um. I first. You, he's still looking up de. He will he's not really let this go. Really struggling to get de. That's interesting. You Focus, can't just Dave. Focus. you can't just Google or you want to you want to figure one out. Who has? People are going to be yelling at their iPod. That's what I'm frustrated by. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, thank God. Good. <laughs> good one. Good one. How did you arrive at that? I, I googled people with the initials DE. <laughs> Danny Elfman. It was that easy. Danny Elfman. Uh, oh, they've got Zach Efron on here. Come on. What's his real name? I'm guessing his real name's Zach or something. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, if you were a mole person, how would you infiltrate? I'd probably Google uh, humans' names. Okay. And then call myself Douglas Engelbert. Okay. <laughs> okay. We've really lost Dave with this one. I'd probably call myself David Evans, a.k.a. The Edge. Oh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's, that's how you get, you know, you infiltrate society by calling yourself, hello, I am The Edge. Hello, it's me, The Edge. He should have called himself The Edge. Then he could have kept The Edge. The Edge. Uh, how else do you infiltrate society? I think that you um, obviously become uh, president or prime minister of a large country, mm-hmm. get access to mm-hmm. uh, nuclear weapons, and then uh, I think the rest is... Dave, I feel like mine was easier. <laughs> what was Just your one? Just go up. Oh, go up. Yeah, sorry. Get into the lift. Go up. Escalator. Yeah. Da escalator. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, you just want to, depending on where you come up. So if you come up in Melbourne, you pick a footy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, you join the, the footy tipping comp at work. Yeah. You get a job first. Get a job, join the footy tipping. <laughs> uh, win the footy tipping. Go to Friday night drinks. Yep. Um, probably get some plastic surgery to look like a human. Start dating Darren from work. Shave the mole hair off your body. Marry Darren. What's Darren's last name? Mole. Darren oh. Mole. DM. <laughs> Slide in the DM. And then uh, live forever with Darren. Yeah. I think that's great. Easy. God, people say this like it's a tough thing to do. Great question <laughs> and well answered. Thank you, Drew <laughs> Forsberg. And finally... <laughs> well answered. Finally, we got one from Derek Brigham. Brigham. A.K.A. All Sky Blue Eyes. Oh. All Sky Blue Eyes. And You guys, are, you don't have sky blue. You boy, I call you. I, I always talk about your eyes as the big blues. Yeah, what are, what have we got? You've got deep blue eyes. Deep blue, not a sky blue. What have I got? You've got a deep blue as well. Oh my you two God. very similar with your eyes. Beautiful, beautiful eyes, my beautiful boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's old sky blue eyes? Old saying? sky blue eyes has a fact, which is the blue sky we see on a clear sunny day is the result of Rayleigh scattering where the shorter wavelengths of blue light are more readily scattered, filling the daytime sky. And as a bonus fact, blue eyes get their colour for the same reason. Lacking pigment in the iris, the fibres of the eye scatter and absorb some of the longer wavelengths of light. This results in more blue light reflecting back out and the eyes appear blue. Whoa! That's crazy. I haven't fully taken that all in, no, but I love it. I don't get it, but it's amazing. I remember once I got my eyes tested, the optometrist was like, oh, wow, you have very little pigment in your eyes. And she's like, are you sort of sensitive to bright lights? I'm like, yeah, a bit. She's like, yeah, that's because it it comes in and just bounces around your eye heaps. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. That's so what, like, Is that why I'm always pulling the blind down and you're not worried about it? But you've got, I've got light eyes too. Yeah, I've got like green blue eyes. That's so. So, what? Brown eyes wouldn't be as sensitive to light or something. More pigment. Yeah, I guess based on that. Because they're butts. You know, I don't think they. T- <laughs> <laughs> but I reckon they are sensitive because they get such little light. Yeah. That's oh true. yeah. The little moles. You expose your asshole <laughs> to the sun, it's gonna burn. That's true. I hadn't <laughs> thought about it like that. <laughs> that's very interesting. There you go. Thank you very much, Eric, Drew, and Derek. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> D.E. Derek, Drew and Eric. Um, and the other thing we like to do is uh, shout out to a few of our other great supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a game based on the the show, the episode we just did. What if we like name the Broadway musical they're in? Fantastic. I love it. Uh, the Boyfriend. <laughs> that one's taken. Julie did that one. Damn it. <laughs> Torn Curtain. Uh, I'd love to thank, if I may, yep. from Mount Gravatt East mm-hmm. in Queensland, Australia, Bridget, to- Bridget Todd. My son, the hat. Whoa. Oh, that's good. That's a, what, a rom-com? Yeah, it's a rom-com. <laughs> About? A single mum to a hat. <laughs> yeah. uh, hat finding finding love. love. No, oh, the, the mum finds, finds love. love. Mums can find love, Matt. Huh. Single mum. Uh, All right, I looking for love. Look, I've... I've been on Yummy Grummies. And I, <laughs> I know mums and grums can both find love. <laughs> Depending on your definition of love, of course. <laughs> um, mums Brid- and grums. <laughs> <laughs> Rigid, uh, I cannot wait to see that musical. Um, I'd also love to thank from 
address unknown. Oh. Can we assume from somewhere deep within the fortress Just of go the up. <laughs> I'd love to thank Elizabeth Todd. Oh, a couple of Todds. Yeah, I wonder. Any relation? I hope so. Um, Elizabeth mu- Todd. Musical, how about Help, I'm on Fire. Oh, help, oh, I'm on good. Fire yeah. in my loins. Ooh. Oh, a bit it's of, br- like, bit it's of like bracket work. It's how the song keeps going, but the, the musical oh. is called Help, I'm on Fire. <laughs> I'm on fire Again, in it- my loins. <laughs> That's what I Help, I'm on fire in my groin. <laughs> Not a good musical. Are they th- what are you gonna say? I was going to say these things write themselves. We just showed how easy it is. <laughs> help, 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 I'm on fire, fire, fire oh with desire. Helping. <laughs> I'm not talking metaphorically. <laughs> I am burning like a tree. <laughs> That's on fire. <laughs> yeah, you got to click because yeah. otherwise the tree's just standing there. Yeah, often trees aren't on fire at all. <laughs> Most of the time they're yeah. not. I'd say like 95% of the time. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth Todd. And finally for me, I'd love to thank from Melbourne in Victoria, Australia, Dominic Hugh. Dominic Hugh. You can have Dominic a go Dominic Hugh. Uh, Dominic starring in... He's looking around the room. The <laughs> famous musical... Is that my picture? <laughs> <laughs> About a photographer. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> He's on a on a uh, a musical journey of discovery, finding his first ever photo. Wow! Yeah, that's nice. That's beautiful, and you know, he not only does he find eventually find the the photo, along the way he finds himself. Oh my God! Yeah. Spoilers! <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, Jess, it's about the journey. Oh, still, it would have been nice to go into it not knowing anything, but okay. A beautiful musical and well put together by Dominic. Beautiful. Thank you, Dominic. Can I thank some people? I'd love it if you did. I would love to thank from Huntingdon, Huntingdon in Great Britain, Cheryl. 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 Star of Box of Puppies, the musical. Box of Puppies, the musical. And And it starts with a man, a masked man, dropping a box of puppies with a brick in it into a lake. (laughs) But. That box of puppies comes to life. Because the puppies are alive? No, no, the the box. Okay, the puppies all die? <laughs> help, we're inside, help, help, I've, I've got a box of, pu- I've got puppies inside me. <laughs> yeah. But singing. Yeah, yeah. Help, I've got puppies yeah. inside me. <laughs> all our musicals start with help. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the box comes alive, sort of like a magic pudding sort of thing. Okay. A uh, bit of a character, this box. Yeah. Cheryl playing and, the box. And it's about... The boxer's journey (laughs) (laughs) to return the puppies uh, back to its uh, mum. Mum. Mummy dog. Mum and dog. Or a grum. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Who does Cheryl play? Cheryl plays the box. Okay. Lead role. Good work, Cheryl. That's good. Voices the box. Right. Yeah. Because it's 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 an animatronic thing. Oh, I mean, boxamatronic. Boxamatronic musical. First of its kind, actually. Yeah, yeah. Very impressive, Cheryl. Uh, I would also love to thank from Arlington, Texas, Joel Acklin. Joel Acklin. Acklin is fun to say. Acklin. Acklin. I love that. Acklin. Something very satisfying about that. Cl. Joel Acklin. Cl. That's fun. Joel Acklin. Joel Acklin. Joel Acklin. Beautiful um, name for a boy or a girl. What about um, Bank Robbers Incorporated? Okay. Yeah, they're going cool. legit, but still <laughs> robbing banks. <Yeah. laughs> and it's all about the legal process where they're trying to register form a business. A company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do the right thing and pay tax. 
Yeah. yeah. And the and the bureaucracy stands in their way. Accountant keeps saying, "And how did you come into this money? Like we stole it we robbed from a bank. bank. How is that not clear?" Yeah, yeah. And, and the so I've like, stolen okay, three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> What's the relevant tax I pay on yeah. that? That's a great joke. But how did you really earn this money? I by working. Yeah, well, it took us quite a lot of time planning it. I mean, some people are like, oh. You can't earn that much money in half an hour. It's like, well, no, there was a lot of work leading up to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people always say not bad for half an hour's work, but it actually, I mean, once you actually look at the amount of time, the number of people in the group, it's it's like it's not set yeah. you up for life kind of money. A bank doesn't rob itself. It takes a lot of planning. That's a great opening number. A bank doesn't rob itself. Oh, yeah. that's good. It takes a village to rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Thank you, Joel Acklin. And finally, for me, I would love to thank from Hazelbrook in New South Wales, Gina Lawrence. Gina Lawrence. Hazelbrook sounds lovely. Yeah. Sounds like a monorail might have put yeah, her on the map. Yeah, God, yeah. By God, we put, uh, first thing I thought was, as well, put them okay, on the map. Is there something in that? Uh, yeah, monorail the musical. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just a stage adaptation of the Conan O'Brien penned uh, Simpsons episode. But we've added a few new characters, Ooh. including one played by Gina Lawrence, which is a box. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the staple of a Matt Stewart musical is that there'll always be a box yeah. character. Everyone needs a motif. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's actually, it's it's gotten to a point where audiences are delighted to yeah. see the box. They're yeah. sort of like, how is, is he going to incorporate it this time? When the box comes on, they the box start comes out, It's standing ovation. Yeah. The box, like they have to factor that into the running time. They're like, okay, well, box, you'll walk out. Don't bother starting your song yet. Wait for the standing O. Everybody will settle down to begin. <laughs> so, yeah, the box is sort of the modern day Fonzie or Kramer. Like a walk on roll. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Beautiful, a beautiful thing. Hey, I'd like to thank from Chermside West in Queensland. Big shout out to Carolyn Clancy. CC. Clancy. 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 First thing I thought of as well. <laughs> uh, Caroline Clancy, Chermside West. Uh, it's a Pharmacy the Musical. Oh, pharmacy the Musical. Pharmacy the Musical. Yeah, it's just a musical look at the behind the scenes. What happens up there? Counting pills. Yeah. Counting pills. Yeah. Counting pills. Yeah. Dishing thrills. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight. Pack of ten. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> not every song rhymes. <laughs> they don't have to. Not every song has to rhyme. Mm. That's such a basic thing to think. Yeah. God, you look like an idiot when you say that. And it's about, you know, the journey of the pharmacy, <laughs> how it began with just pills and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, Shane Warne... Deodorant and yes, uh, you know all, all these sort Napoleon of Napoleon Perdus Foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, like all those bullshit um, supplements. You can buy little bottles to put your shampoo in for when you travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a little thing to scrub under your nails. And people are like, how? Yeah, how do we get here? Yeah. Well, well, we explore that in this musical. <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts with that flashback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you my story. Yeah. Somebody, somebody came in and said, have you got any little bottles? And I said, no, there's something to <laughs> think about. An idea. <laughs> Bringing it back home now to thank someone from Melbourne. It's Craig McQueen. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? McQueen. Craig McQueen. Fantastic name. Um, think of that pharmacy one. There'll be a, a, a piece, a song about those uh, Tupperware containers with each day of the yeah, week on absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Yeah. Anyway, but we've moved on to Craig <laughs> Come McQueen. Come on. Well, I haven't. <laughs> 
I'm thinking for a name like Craig McQueen, I'm thinking something like a like a bit of a, a western, oh, yeah. like a cowboy kind of musical. Okay, um, but it's from the perspective of the cows. Yes. Yeah. Where are they sending us? Moo 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 move along. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be yeah. called moo 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 move along? Yes. The musical. The music, do we think mo- it needs that musical. many moves? What about just moo moo move along? Mm. What do we think? Well, these are these are things we'll workshop. Yeah. Moo 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 move along. I have a vision, Jess. <laughs> no, and I get the vision. I'm just. And I hate the vision. <laughs> I'm just thinking in terms of like. Printing the posters, oh, you know, yeah, you want it to be yeah. nice and legible, yeah, and yeah. not just full what of about bullshit. Moo moo, etc. Along, that's better. Yeah, great. People can sort of figure moo out. moo, etc. Along. Yeah, y- you choose your own at moos. Moo moo, recurring along. Yes, moo to the power of moo. Yeah, along. <gasps> moo to the power of moo's fun. Yeah, that is good actually. Anyway, we, we can we can workshop this, but it's definitely about cows. It's about cows, yeah. And Craig McQueen's playing a cow. Yeah, yeah. and the he's vil- playing the head of the cows. Villain is a horse. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's I mean, very I important. Thinking, actually, I keep thinking the last one's the best one. But then the next one's better. Yeah, so let's see how we go with the last one. And finally, I'd like to thank from Ormond Beach in Florida, it's Western Vol. No, that is such a good name. Western Vol. Western Vol. Holy shit. Western Vol. <laughs> I was wondering how you got to Western theme. It's funny how the things you just see just out of your... I didn't see that. Western Vol. What about... Deck Chair, the musical. Oh. History of the Humble Deck Chair. Okay. And it's a lot sexier than you would think. And what really? deck chairs have seen. Yes. And what deck chairs have been a part of. A lot of butts. A lot of butts. A lot of butts. butts. But a lot of famous butts. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's sat on a deck chair. Yeah. That's the thing that makes us all equal. Everyone's sat in a toilet. <laughs> imagine being like Brad Pitt's toilet. Oh, imagine. <laughs> oh, no. He's coming back for more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess every toilet would say that, wouldn't it? Oh, I've never thought about that. Poor toilets. That's why I piss outside. Yeah. And a gentleman never shits. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much to Weston, Craig, Caroline, Gina, Joel, Cheryl, Dominic, Elizabeth and Bridget. And uh, that brings us actually to the end of the episode. We've got no triptych shout-outs this week. Uh, We normally do shout-out to people in the triptych club if you're on the shout-out level or above for three straight years. But none uh, three years back survived. (laughs) So, uh, let's uh, have a moment of silence for the ones we <laughs> lost. Uh, Jess, is there anything we need to tell people before we go? Uh, that if you would like to, you can suggest a topic. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. You can also do it at our website, dogoonpod.com. You've also been working on an exciting new development. Yes, I have. And we have. We have got a, uh, a new merch store set up. I'll pop the link in the show notes as well. It'll be on our website, on our Instagram. You'll be able to find it. But, yeah, we've got some new merch available on, uh, on spring.com. Um, we've got mugs. We've got hoodies. We've got stickers. Uh, and there'll be more coming in the next couple of months as well. So if you're in the mood for something new to drink your morning brew out of, um, or to stick on your laptop or to wear on your body. Now, you, which one's which? Um, they can do whatever they like. Yep. I'm not here to govern what people okay. do. So you can put the mug on your computer. Yeah, and if you want to drink out of a hoodie, you can. Fantastic. I'm um, so excited we've got hoodies. These yeah. are our first hoodies we've done. They are, yes. So cool. Yeah, it's really great stuff. So, And we would love to hear from you as well. Uh, if you've uh, given any of that merch a go, 
give us some feedback. We'd love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, you, you can uh, absolutely suggest a topic. You can find us at Dugo on Pod on all social media. And yeah, dugoonpod.com is our website. Dave, Thank you. I think that's about all the time we have here today. I think it Even is. though we have unlimited time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, should but say, I need to pee. That's all that we have to say here today. Yes, well said. Dave, boot this baby home. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I oh, think... Thank you so, so much. Until then, it's goodbye. Later. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.